Shut up, I love it. Shut up! I love it. That's what we're into right now. I am Joe Cabello, and I am here with Sasha Filer, and we got a very special guest. We're very excited to have her. She is a writer and comedian, and living here in Los Angeles with us—not with us, but in the same city. <laughs> we're she's, you're in the next room over. <laughs> she's currently a staff writer for the video game news show The Download. Wow, how exciting! And she's got a cool like whole array of cool stuff happening that she's going to talk about later but for now let's just introduce her welcome carolyn page oh thank you sasha joe so so good to be here you're so here, in your in your house in the house <laughs> that we all share together i know can house. you do your dishes please they've been stacking Ooh, up sorry sorry actually i really love the dishes so i'll keep the dishes and the vacuum cleaning y'all can share everything else Those are the only oh that's amazing because I, I like to cook but cleaning is not is not my favorite not thing yeah well um, you gotta find a cleaning partner and oh really is that how it works i i think so yeah that immediately reminds me of like uh the Broad City pilot episode when they were naked cleaning. I don't know why. It's just like best friends <laughs> cleaning for that creepy guy. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. With Fred Armisen. As oh, he the was baby Fred Armisen. Man. Oh, my God. But he I, had such a weird character. I was character. thinking about that last week. Oh. That's such a weird... I don't know if they could make that episode today because that's like too... It's almost too oh, creepy. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that was culture. like a pre-two episode. Baby culture. I, I'm very into baby culture. I don't want to... <laughs> spend time on this episode talking about it too much but maybe you'll come back joe as a guest to talk about it <laughs> i want to know everything i'll um, be the co-host and you can yes. be a guest so we'll interview about baby the, culture this podcast is super fluid so we can definitely do all those great things carolyn what are you here to talk about are you here to talk defend cleaning or something what's going on <laughs> tell us hell no i feel like I was born to talk oh, about this. God. I've been training my whole life oh my to talk about this, okay? <laughs> Sex in the City. The seminal 2000s, iconic, mm. landmark, bench press, high water, wow. other analogy <laughs> show. Wow. I'm not sure if it's bench press, but I do. Li- I might use that. <laughs> no, I think it might be benchmark. I don't know, but bench press sounds pretty sick. Sea change, <laughs> what have you. Sex in the City, the show, and the first movie, not the second movie. Oh, wow. so you you uh, take that off the canon of your your Sex in the City canon? I mean, I think it's still canon, but just like the real world, sometimes true is just too stupid, and you want to try and forget about it. But so that's in the past. This is the future. We're living in Sex in the City. Sex in the City. So as Noam Chomsky is to politics, you are to Sex in the City. Yeah, I say that's an accurate analogy, yes. All right, that's awesome. And I always like to get a sense of where the uh, guest is coming from with that because, you know, this is a show about things that are either reviled or not appreciated as much or maybe, like, have become ironic, you know, any of those things. What's Why do you feel this show is a good fit? Okay, I know a lot of people mm. in my life that I love and respect that don't like this show they write it off they can't stand it they think it's annoying 
And yeah, that's true. That's all true. <laughs> it's a show much like Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's a show about terrible people. Mm-hmm. It's like Always Sunny, but with shoes in it. Mm, so many shoes. Four inch. Four inch shoes. Four inch heels. Mm-hmm. They're ru- tottering their skinny asses around New York so City skinny. in heels. It's kind of Which you ridiculous. really can't do. <laughs> no. As a person who lived in New York City for 11 years, I'm here to tell you, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I lived there for 10 years, and it was like, one, no open-toe shoes, and two, what the fuck are you doing tottering your bitch ass around in stilettos? And I love it. <laughs> yeah, All it's right. so grotesque with the fashion. You know, it's like, here's yes. fashion, let's just really like make it ooze what we think that is. We're in the totally. subject of fashion because fa- I have like a whole like relationship with fashion that um, like, I mean, I don't have a lot of relationship with fashion and therefore I have a relationship with fashion <laughs> where I like. I mean, your gray hoodie uh, <laughs> right now is fucking crushing it. Thank so. you. Thank you. Uh, so like I always like like to question fashion and like challenge fashion. Like in my mind, nobody cares what I say uh, or think. But but I always go like, you know, like fashion. Why doesn't like they take themselves too seriously? Like it's just clothes. Like I like they think they're art. They're not art. Now, what is your relationship with uh, fashion, Carolyn? Well, I've kind of come around. I used to think like in a more utilitarian way, like clothes don't reflect who you are, mm-hmm. which I think is still true because. And when people say like clothing is a form of self-expression, I always think about like, but what if you can't afford the clothes that you want to wear? Or, mm. like, I would be wearing, like, billowing wizard robes more mm. if I was really, like, reflecting how I wanted to dress. But I still think it's an interesting way. Like, I put on a certain outfit and I feel, like, different aspects of myself emerge or become enhanced. And I like that about it. Yeah, I'm not like going to lie. Uh, the other day I had that same thought because <clears throat> I haven't been around much during the quarantine which proves that i'm a great citizen of this country uh but uh i you know i did go to doctor the other day and i like for some reason was like you know what i'm gonna put on mascara and i'm gonna wear my leather jacket which i actually never bought like leather jacket it's like my my husband's grandma gave it to me like Ooh, she, it was hers like yeah 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 she's so like you know it's cool. she's like an older japanese lady <laughs> she's very cool yeah and she just like gave it to me and it's amazing that you know it it's a little like tight i mean because she's smaller but um it's kind of like means a lot because i really like her so i was like i'm gonna wear my leather and as a russian person <laughs> it's sad but leather and fur tend to enhance my look like they tend to make me look better than i a hundred percent you know it's as a non-russian person <laughs> I fully agree, and I envy your culture. Yeah, some people just weird. can't do it. No, they can't do it. Uh, but certain things I cannot do it. Like I, I cannot do pastel colors. There's certain things that I like. I cannot do like mm. um, polka dots. Cannot do that. Oh, I. You probably great you in polka that. dots. You probably great. No, in, I. No? I hate a polka dot. Mm. I think it's ugly. But it's not for me. I think it's silly. It's a. It foolish is definitely pattern. silly. Foolish. And foolish. <laughs> <laughs> a plebeian might wear a polka dot. Yeah. But uh, because I don't know, like I think you were brunette, but I think you also had red hair. But as a brunette, I think brunettes like have better relationship with polka dots than like blondes do. I don't know. Oh, interesting. Inter- actually, this is I've been a blonde to Ooh. to bleach blonde for like most of my yeah. life, and this is a pretty. I new like it. I don't look, know. Oh. So. Yeah, I, I like, like straight, straight brunette. Yeah. And is it not um, fashion? 
to change your hairstyle oh. in such a way. Is it and is it not fashion? <laughs> May I ask you this? Is it not fashion? Guys, we're talking so much about fashion, is. but I want to just quickly finish that story. Just quickly. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I was there in my leather jacket. And like that office is usually ridiculous. Like, I mean, I feel bad for the people who work there, but like they're super overcrowded. They're like sports injury um, office. So they constantly have people mm. just injuring themselves and going like at Beverly Hills. <laughs> like it's, it's like constantly, constantly. <laughs> so, uh, and they have to deal with like always seven phone calls. They're like, like, hold on. You're like seventh on the call. Like, and they're like understaffed. <laughs> and I feel bad for them. Even worse during the quarantine. And I, for the first time, was treated well there. For the first time, they weren't treated oh, like wow. trash. And oh. I couldn't tell. I couldn't put my finger on it. And then I was leaving. And, like, I just, I vibed it out. And I knew, I knew it was the goddamn leather jacket. Like, I just wow. looked more, like, I just looked more like a trustworthy, maybe, person. person who maybe has bank account that's, like you know not uh -huh. in, the, in like distress and different you can't get a leather jacket unless oh. you have a bank account and right? you don't give a shit about like the you know like saving the world because you were like probably a republican i mean there's probably a lot of connotation to this that i don't like but i did like the fact that they just were like nice to me and i and i was nice back because nobody was treating me like trash and it was the, the best experience i've ever had in that office so i don't know i mean i was thinking about i'm like you know what fashion that's all i thought coming out of that building wow. fashion yeah that's that's deep, deep. I, I gotta know what is your what are your all's relationships with sex in the city are you well acquainted were these episodes like the first yeah yeah that you'd seen yeah that we should get into it later yeah, but i think it's a good time to get into this now actually yeah i think so yeah. and i do want to say one thing quickly about fashion in that <laughs> i <laughs> fascism I don't know. I, people, uh, fashion. We've too. been talking about fascism this whole time, right? <laughs> yeah, fas fascism. Because yeah, I've yeah, been yeah. confused with your opinions, although I've agreed with all of them. <laughs> no, but I don't want to conflate, like, I think what you might be describing, Sasha, even with that story, mm -hmm. is just like uh, dressing up, like taking care of your look, being mindful, versus like briefly, fashion, barely. like. High fashion and mm -hmm. fashion is almost something different because yeah. there are there are circles who are like, hey, if you're not wearing the two thousand dollar gown, you're trash. Yeah. Your have shirt you been to means... those circles? Have you <laughs> I, which... I, I've <laughs> never even I've never even seen the circles from a distance. They are dots <laughs> to me. I'm just picturing you showing up to a doctor's office in a two thousand dollar gown. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine how good they'll treat you then. Yeah, I was wondering if there is a line, like, yeah, if there is a line, I'm like, at what point does it become like, she's a disaster instead of <laughs> she's a high, high functioning mm. human being. It I goes all the way around <laughs> yes. to the other side of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. I think you're talking, Joe, I think you're talking about the difference between uh, grooming and style. Ooh. Grooming style and even just like hoity-toity fashion, because there are people who think right. like, hey, you paid less than $50 for a shirt. Ugh. Yeah, I need you need to pay this. Versus, there's totally. some people who just look so fucking awesome in like an eight dollar Hanes mm -hmm. t-shirt, some pressed mm -hmm. jeans that are cuffed because they know cuffs look good on they them. Know. So I yeah. think that is something a little different than what the uh, the show is portraying as fashion, because the show is very much about brands, about status. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, so I do want to make that distinction because mm -hmm. I think you could love both. And like part of what you were saying earlier about the show being about like they're bad people, it's like <laughs> we can relish in that they love this uh, very shallow 
view of yes. like fashion if we see it through that lens. But I just wanted They're to make that distinction. They're incredibly privileged people that live in an ivory tower mm. so made it's, of shoes. It's a bygone era, really. Oh, absolutely. True. And that's the whole conversation I want to get in how bygone it is. But let's just quickly, since Carolyn, you asked us about our familiarity with the show. Let's cover mm-hmm. that. So I have uh, never seen Sex and the City. I knew about it because... Um, I am not entirely sure, but I think there were like two eras of Sex in the City before 9-11 and after. Am I wrong? That is one way to, I don't <laughs> think that's an inaccurate portrayal. Yeah. But I, I don't even know, like in terms of, I haven't like actually looked um, in that part of the Wikipedia where it tells you if it was like coming out every year. I assume it did for like seven yeah, years. Yeah, it did. And then the final season was released in two parts. Mm-hmm. And... That's really, I mean, it's fantastic. Okay. But the aesthetic of the show changes drastically, even from the I pilot see. episode. The style of filmmaking is very different. Oh, wow. And the attractiveness of the men on there is crazy. The first episode, <laughs> you're like, God damn, these guys, they have fucked up teeth. Uh-huh. They look uh-huh. d- disgusting. Yeah. Disgusting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then in the later seasons, it's fucking... I mean, beautiful, models. just literal models. Yeah, yeah. yeah some of the guys, and I really uh, will go into it later, but your episode choice I thought was fantastic. Just Thank you. The curation wow. was very good. And, it, and part, of it, <laughs> Thank you. part of it does speak a little bit to, the curation touches a little bit to me on that. There are some uh, of the sex <laughs> symbols in some of the episodes where you're like, really? Um, but yeah. You, but yeah. <laughs> But the reason I'm um, a little worried, but I think we should still do it and talk about our relationship with Sex and the City now, Joe and I, is because I think it's revealing mm-hmm. of opinions, which I like to keep towards the end. Um, but I think uh, it's okay to just go with it, with the flow for this one. So I never watched Sex and the City. I always, like, from distance thought it was gross. And then um, because I watched pilots for everything, like a few years ago I watched the pilot, didn't change my opinion, thought it was gross. Um, felt very challenged to come in on this podcast and watch these episodes, but also like challenged in a good way. So um, I watched the episodes and uh, that was my only familiarity. So the, between the pilot and those three episodes is all I know about Sex and the City. Aside from like, I actually lived in New York. I was young. You were Carrie. Yeah, I will carry it. I was. That, is that why you uh, you didn't you yeah. weren't attracted to the show because it was almost too close to your actual experience? Well, yeah, exactly. Like you know, to, I was like, no, we wealthy people live exact like not like that at all. <laughs> yeah, no, it's because I think there's there's some. Well, and we can address that uh, when we go into our opinions, the hosts' opinions. But it is a thing of like uh, uh, I. I uh, I lived in New York that was a very different New York from this, and um, mm-hmm. I did not appreciate it. So maybe there's people mm-hmm. who appreciate it, of course, or maybe not. I mean, clearly, Carolyn, you're saying you lived there for 10 years, and yet you have mm-hmm. so much love for the show. So it's not that. But to me, it was like... But also, this um, podcast has tenuous relationship with... Um, anything that's too flowery and girly. But I'm curious about Joe's... <laughs> Because I think Joe likes the show, and we can get into that. So yeah, um, and I, and I, I am part of the lot. new era of the show. You are the, the new era because we had different hosts. He was not into it, so we were we were feeling like dicks when we would have uh, the bold type, like the bold type. If you're familiar with that show, 
brought uh-huh. onto this. So it's very Sex in the City before Millennials, I think. That's how it's... Oh, I haven't seen that show. I've only heard of it, yeah. but I will definitely check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sex in the City-esque. Like, sign me up, Daddy. Let's there you go, Daddy. So, uh, yeah, and, and they... Uh, <laughs> can I call you Daddy? <laughs> you can call me Daddy. Only if I can call you Daddy. Uh, Great. Yeah. Daddy's all. Daddy's one of Change, the three dads. Change your Zoom names to Daddy, please. <laughs> For the numbers. And so... And, uh, no, and for sure, it was, I, I don't know, so, but I'm, I'm interested in Joe's, but I'm revealing a little bit about my uh, feelings about the show, which doesn't mean these feelings won't change in the duration of this podcast, because that's happened mm. before Spoiler. many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A challenge. Happened. It's, okay, it's a challenge. Okay, okay. Joe, please, uh, what about you? Okay. Yes, this show, I do, lo- I've loved it for a long time. Uh, since it was first out. Uh, I, I don't even know how or why I first saw it because we weren't like an HBO family. We didn't have HBO. Maybe we had... <laughs> HBO family. <laughs> what family were you, the Cabellos? The basic cable family, I guess. Uh, were you like a TNT family? Is oh, yeah, TNT. Or like an NBC family. TNT was on all day. My dad hovering around the TV, standing, nice. watching Con Air. <laughs> oh, Con Air. How could he not? I'm yeah. have to talk if it's about on, it. you leave it on and you cancel your plans. It's <laughs> yeah. just the rules. Uh, but yeah, I don't even remember why I was. it was on my radar. Maybe some like free weekends of HBO or something. But yeah, huge fan of it. Um, I even, uh, My mom really loved it too. So I got her the DVD box sets for many different holidays wow. and things. What a great gift. Uh, we were big f- fans of it. I... And, Shout out to your mom, by the way, and dad. Yeah, I, I haven't rewatched really it again, really, and since this, but it all like came back to me. Oh, the, flooded! The, I mean, the beginning, the the, the song, mm. everything about it. It's like smelling a, a smell from your childhood. Just all those memories come flooding back. Yeah, like your grandma's fart or oh, yeah, even your grandpa's fart. Just you, you get your nose right up in one of your grandparents' and those wrinkles, ass cracks, and just. Take a whiff. So it's such a great. You guys know what I'm such talking a about. Great, uh, we all analogy do. We all for do. such a beautiful show, but I loved it, and I think it satisfied this weird itch that I had at that age, where I was watching a lot of like Doctor Sue. What was her name? Doctor Sue, the sex doctor. Suze Orman. Yeah, maybe it was. Is maybe that... It was. If that sounds right, but no, no. Suze Orman is a money. Person, she was a. She was an older woman. Elderly, I think, sex. even at the point where mm-hmm. she would like talk about sex toys or take questions yeah. about sex. I remember and, her. And I watched a couple wow. shows like that, and it was really interesting because it's like this show, as well as being a young man, you do get like this different look into women than other shows. Let's say compare se- a boy. A totally accurate look. Yeah, I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how accurate, but it is more accurate than let's <laughs> say Married with Children. Which Oof, I think sure. a lot of people grew up with paired with children, not knowing what a, lot of a woman nostalgia was like. around that one, yeah. Um, not that they're the most comparable shows, but there was something just about this like sexual freedom, women's sexuality, equality, and then like seeing these characters have autonomy. Uh, mm-hmm. That it all was very, I don't know, formative in a lot of ways for me. Mm. So I have a. I love the show for that reason, even though it is like such a vapid, like it's not a great, like I'm going to learn about Mm -hmm. women. Let me watch this show, (laughs) but it's a lot better than so much else. Uh, But so I've always loved the show still stand by it. I think I liked what you said about, I kind of seeing it through a certain lens. You have to 
if you go into it knowing, oh, these are bad people, it's kind of like Curbed or Seinfeld, that we can watch right. it knowing that they're not good people. The problem with the show is it's not so in on the joke. It's not in on the joke at all, really. <laughs> right. um, but that doesn't right. mean we can't be watching it. Mm-hmm. It's also, there's parts of the show that are deeply problematic. Mm-hmm. Speci- like, I mean, t- representation, Jesus Christ. It is yep. su- super lacking. The classism is <laughs> at an 11, <laughs> as you yeah. mentioned. And I mean, it's, it, there's problematic. There's like, it's unclear about when they're slut shaming and like mm-hmm. what they're into sometimes, but I still fucking love it. Even just for like the raw aesthetic of it mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. It, 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 it's, it does me good. Yeah, and when I have so, seen. Uh, it, it's, it's so classist that these women aren't even wealthy. They're just not poor. And that's what I think is I interesting. I think they're wealthy. Because well, I actually read right. the bio- biography and like, pretty much all the season descriptions for the entire show. I think the they're depiction. supposed to be, some of them, supposed to be really rich. They, they, they certainly are... have money. Oh, sorry, go ahead. You're the expert. Charlotte <laughs> is specifically mm-hmm. very rich and marries into more money. Carrie comes from an amorphous, uh, vaguely upper middle class, but much in the way that friends, like they're always hanging out in fantastic apartments oh, yeah. and never at their jobs. Mm-hmm. Like that's very much... In, true in the show. Yeah, the 90s, like, very Clinton era in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Consider like, this yeah. to, uh, what's the HBO show about the rich family? Succession. Uh, so, Succession. Ooh, so, so good. We have a lot of shows in our current era that are about wealth, like the opulence. This, the people in this right. show, they're not like flaunting opulence. Their apartments are fairly normal, you know, uh, maybe bad, great for New York. But there's never. I mean, for Manhattan like that, where the hell was their fucking rent? No, I guess they, they. I guess they have rent control. They're just not poor. Is like they're not like going out in limos all the time. Well, they are with Mr. Big, mm-hmm. but like Mr. <laughs> Big is depicted He's as rich. rich and wealthy. I actually met Chris Noth at the time when he was still on the show. I was very young, you guys. But um, he was a little, I don't want to say creepy, but he was very into checkout mode, like checking you out kind of mode. Um, if you play Mr. Big, you're going to be Mr. Big. You know, Typecast. How it is. Yeah. But, but I do I think, think it's interesting yeah. that way that they're just like, there's this big thing with like friends and this mm-hmm. show where they're just mainly not poor more than they are wealthy. <laughs> Right, it's not about them being wealthy. Although they do talk about money in the show. But I think that's a huge... So many TV shows ask us to suspend our disbelief mm-hmm. surrounding the financial situation yes. of the characters. Everybody lives in a nice like house, new girl. no matter how... Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. No one has a shitty house. Even the house on Married with Children, they were supposed to be... To bring that show up again. <laughs> they were supposed to be, like, kind of middle class. But they still had a really nice house. Like, mm-hmm. it was a nice big house. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All right, guys. I think we should move on and start uh, focusing on individual episodes that Carolyn uh, told us to watch. Outstanding. Perfect. We'll start with season two, episode. And I'm opening it up. as I'm. That's why I'm speaking in the <laughs> very official, <laughs> measured way. Slow and measured. Yeah, slow and measured way. Uh, episode 17 of season two, 20-something girls versus 30-something women. Carolyn, why did you choose this episode? It's, it's an iconic episode. Everything that Sex in the City is and cares about 
is in this episode. And specifically, this is kind of the first time, in my opinion, that it really, you see Big being, doing something betraying Carrie and really being a bad guy. Mm -hmm. And then she's so fully in love with him and then that's why, okay, to, this is maybe a little out of order, but the great Aiden and Carrie debate. Mm. So Aiden is this very, uh, very nice, kind-hearted. He's a fucking carpenter for Christ's oh, sake, like Christ hot. himself, a woodworker. He wants a family. He wants to get married. He's very outdoorsy. Everyone's like big. And then big is this uh, big shot businessman who's like, uh, d- dates models and smokes cigars, da, da, da. And is afraid of commitment. Everyone's always like, oh, she, Carrie should have chosen Aiden. But Carrie's a bad person, mm-hmm. and that's why she and Big need to be together. Now, why is she a bad person? for each other. And I, I'm just interrupting because oh. I'm getting very... And I maybe maybe that will send you into, like, a big, like, a philosophical... <laughs> you, you know, like, a big, like, a breaking point. But I, 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 I really do want to just know, like, almost like... like like a quick like defense of that statement because again maybe it's something that the fans of the show are very familiar with the fact that Carrie is the anti-hero but that's not what it seems like to me from what having watched four episodes of the show like to me she is um definitely like audience identifies with her and sure she has flaws but they're more on like a vulnerable neurotic kind of like way um than like she means bad like so tell me what what you mean caroline by when you say that she's the anti-hero or bad person there is a subtle selfishness and all-consuming sense of narcissism which does sometimes not extend to her friends she is very a loyal friend that's a good thing that she does but there's a subtle selfishness and sense of narcissism that pervades, if you watch the show as many times as I have all the way through, which honestly, I've probably seen it all the way through like seven or eight times. That's and then insane, I love it. it. Individual episodes, like many more. Mm-hmm. Like this is my most watched mm-hmm. TV show of all time. Uh, that she is undeniably a bad person. She doesn't do things for other people and that she gets upset with her friends for crazy unselfish crazy selfish reasons uh and she's just like i mean cheating doesn't necessarily make you a bad person but she did fuck a married guy and like lie to her mm-hmm. boyfriends all the time mm-hmm. By the way, spoiler alert! Uh, all over this podcast. Like, if you want to keep, yeah, you should just go back, watch ninety-four been. episodes of the show, and come back. Yeah, this little. Come- it's been it's been like what a decade? You guys? Yeah, it's know, it's, it's well past. We like yeah, to, I agree. I like agree that she people. is. <laughs> For anything. Spoiler alert! Yes. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you that she is bad, and I think that's all. All the characters are pretty bad, except for maybe Charlotte. Who's oh interesting, interesting. But right, I but I would maybe need to uh, watch the whole series again. Yeah, to and I think maybe that's that. a good lens to use, right? As we talk about these episodes, like if you want to point who's out the worst? who is the bad, or even Charlotte, who I think is my favorite. Uh, but like, what? Yeah, <gasps> really? yeah, yeah. 
Um, do you identify as a Charlotte? Are oh, you a Charlotte Miranda Carrie? Or, I know, uh, I know, Samantha? I know, and I don't have an answer. I am Sasha Filer. Oh, okay. no one should have an answer because the characters are so one-dimensional yeah, that if you identify them. as one, <laughs> like all four of them together, makes up a one actual functioning. Yeah. Human That's being. funny, but I, I think Carrie. I will probably be Carrie because of her snarkiness and her voiceover, even though I think her delivery is terrible. <laughs> what do I know? Oh, Who am I wow. here to judge? SJP. Um, all right. So back to that amazing episode where, um, yeah. So Carolyn, you're saying it's the first time we see like a big heartbreak, right? Maybe for Carrie. Yeah, it's the first time we see the heartbreak. We also get to see Samantha being a total shark and like boss, and ultimately taking petty revenge. We get to see Charlotte wrapped up in some like. Uh, romance that eventually bites her in the ass and then we get to see miranda just there holding it down being a bitch and I love that. <laughs> right so yeah like so what exactly happens just so a quick uh overview so yeah. um the girls it's summer it's summertime oh, in the city time gotta get out and what do you know <laughs> the girls have uh, a Hamptons house, a friend of a friend had a Hamptons house that they're not using mm-hmm. for the weekend. <laughs> what else What else are stylish Manhattanites to do? Uh, so get they on the take bus. the jitney. They get on the jitney bus. <laughs> they go out there. Charlotte, well, she's met a man in line mm-hmm. waiting for the jitney. Mm-hmm. But the man thinks that she's 26 years does, old. Does he ever think that? I guess he does. I guess he does, right? He says he does. Mm-hmm. And then... Long story short, he gives her crabs. Yeah. Carrie meets <laughs> Carrie meets a doctor. The sexiest doctor. Oh, the doctor. <laughs> yeah, that's one. He was so that terribly actor... miscast. Well, I mean, not miscast as a doctor, but miscast as a love interest of any sort. But right, I think actually now I appreciate the <laughs> like the realism of. True. You know, it's yeah. like when you see. I was thinking about Steve Buscemi. Like, he looks so weird Mm -hmm. on screen. But if you saw him in real life, you'd be like, oh, that's just a very normal guy. Yeah, that's a guy. You know? And, like, everyone's just super ugly and movie stars happen to be. One reason I stopped watching um, The Walking Dead is because the people look too handsome and clean for me to survive a zombie apocalypse. So I I totally... (laughs) The zombies are way too sexy and hot. (laughs) The zombies were too sexy, so she had to stop watching. I get that. So cool. So that's that's like sort of the B story, right? I guess the crab story. Yeah, the B story is the crab story. And then uh, Carrie's through line is... um, The doctor. The, the doctor that she meets. She also has, like, a young uh, fan oh, yeah. that that she meets that um, is toenails. weirdly saving herself for marriage that they, like, don't <sighs> super pay that off. Yeah. And then... And then Carrie runs into Big, yeah. who had just gone away to Paris, but he's back with a new woman. And it's Natasha, who turns out to be a major character. Um... That Big eventually marries, and then Carrie, eventually, they have an affair Murders. that okay. breaks oh. up their marriage. All right. I was, yeah. Boom. It's heavy. <sighs> it's heavy. It's a heavy show. So why is this episode so, I, I, it sounds like both of you really enjoyed this episode, because, Joe, you commented on how the curation was so good. 
Um, that doesn't mean I thought the episode was good, but I did think the episode was good. But <laughs> I think to be an iconic, I think there's a criteria for an iconic Sex and the City episode. One, it has to have an iconic look, which carries beach, uh, cowboy, what is it, howdy mm-hmm. hoedown oh, yeah, or whatever. That. <laughs> that fucking look is amazing. If you looked like, if you, if any, if either of the three of us wore something like that. Oh, no. It would be insane. Yeah. But it is it insane on insane. her. I would argue that she looks awful. Um, <laughs> as a person who's not a general fan of SJP, I would argue that she looks especially terrible in, in that outfit. And come at me, email me at the address uh, that I don't her, know, her email band? address that lifted, listed on the description of this podcast. I do not like SJP. And I think she looks ridiculous in that hat. She's not pulling it off at all. But hey. Oh, hard disagree. Her <laughs> armband? Armband. Her teeny, tiny, tiny little arms. She's got, she's got cute arms. She's got, she's got nice bod. That she's probably, you know, she was, she was working it, you know, daily, hours and hours. Oh yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. she's been a star since she was a tiny child. Yeah, and we know about tiny children as they love to work those arms. <laughs> they love to work out and stay toned. You can catch, you can always catch little kids at the gym just pumping iron, trying to, trying to keep cut. So, okay, great outfits, um, big emotional so, yeah, heartbreak. Great outfits, um, a, an iconic uh, sort of not that hot of a guy love interest. <laughs> Very Seinfeld I agree. Yeah, which also, yeah. like, I, it's a great uh, writing and movie and TV lesson. You don't need to, or the audience doesn't need to believe it. The characters do. You know, it's like, wow. oh, he's so sexy, mm. and then the ugliest guy can come in. But if every character's like, yeah, he's so sexy, and with singing wow. too, you know, be a uh-huh. bad singer. You don't need to hire a good singer. Just have the characters say they're a good singer. <laughs> Whoa! Can you do that? Can you have one of the characters just say like? This is really good dialogue, <laughs> and then the audience will believe it. Yeah. I'm gonna try that. You, could try and i would applaud the i'm gonna try that you can definitely like in the first vomit draft you can always be like have somebody comment on how angry that person is and when you never really get that sense of them okay i have to fix it later because no one no one sense anything but that guy thinks that that guy is pissed um and then and then having carrie have that moment when she confronts big when she runs into him uh on the beach of just being unabashedly just so unafraid of her own emotions and like just so righteous in whatever she's feeling as mm-hmm. someone who is raised Presbyterian, mm. that, that is a revelation. Mm. Just being like, Oh, you can just like be angry. Cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I should try that. Cool. That's interesting. So I, any other sort of like important things we should mention in this episode? Um, I mean, Charlotte was interesting, I thought, in this uh, episode, right? Because she... Yeah, that's like a, yes. a other iconic thing to have in a Sex and City episode is good sex humor. Mm-hmm. And a good a sex, good humor, sex yeah. situation. And this one, just the crabs. Oh, great. Hilarious. Nice cut to Char- actual crabs, like crabs Oh, that was a the very great cut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good editing. Good editing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Charlotte, um, one of her flights of fancy... Charlotte is an interesting character because she is sometimes perceived as the most prudish Mm -hmm. of the four of them but she's ultimately through her actions is not Mm -hmm. like she's sometimes more open-minded like they've they and and this is very inconsistent Uh (laughs) like what they give a shit about on the show 
But they talk about anal in one episode, mm. and Charlotte's like, yeah, like, I'll fuck a guy. Like, doing anal to a guy. And she's kind of like, yeah, let's go. And the other women are very, like, wow. kind of clutching their pearls. Which is That's why I like Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's, like, <laughs> down. Charlotte's down. Ah. And she, like... Uh, does like a gender bending episode in one of the, mm. I, I like Charlotte cool. she's great yeah yeah I, I remember something about her uh, dressed in uh, drag too or yeah I don't know yeah cool mm-hmm. so that's one episode we watched and then we watched two oh, wait before what? we move Tell on me. there's one yes, line from that episode please. that really stood out to me that also makes this iconic the young protege that Carrie kind of mentors mm-hmm, for the episode mm-hmm. <laughs> never comes back I assume right <laughs> Never comes oh, back. Day player. Um, that was just a one shot for for her. I'm sure she got some. I hope she's still getting residuals. <laughs> right. Um, she reveals that she's a virgin. This young girl. Well, she's 25, not that young. Um, she reveals that she's a virgin, and Carrie's like, "Nothing. You've never had sex with a man." And the the girl says, "What do you think? I'm some kind of Lewinsky?" And she's like, "No blowjobs. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Like." That's so. That was so funny to me. It did stand That's out. All. It did. It did timestamp me uh, hard. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it, it also. I also think about. <laughs> funny you mentioned anal because I thought of it because she said no blowjobs, no hand jobs, and I was like, "There's also anal." Is it going to be the next like crazy t- turn of the dialogue? <laughs> is that she's like the anal person? Oh, uh, she only does anal. Yeah, but yeah, that, which is yeah. come to that. Yeah, that is that's mm-hmm. a real thing. Yeah, and yeah. Soaking Never came between to that it. and soaking, you definitely soaking. What is soaking? What's soaking? Uh, where you uh, the man will enter the woman and then they just sit, stay there, don't move because the it's the <laughs> thrusting that's sex. So as long no. as they're not moving, what? then it's not sex. <laughs> this is not it's, real. It's, it's a it's as bad as a thought process as the like <laughs> anal virgin is. You know, we're like, oh, if I, we have anal, I'm still right. a virgin. It's used in the same way that they're kind of being like, no, if we're not actually moving, it's not sex. That's incredible. That's incredible. I want to almost, div- I don't know, devote something. I don't know if it, it's it's worthy of an, I mean, maybe it's worthy of a separate podcast, I would no. say, not just an episode. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> not even a different episode, a whole separate podcast. How could anyone not want to The three soak. of us are hosting. Soakers. Oh. It's called... So super it's soaker. called Super <laughs> Soaking in the City is the name of this uh, oh, podcast. That. <laughs> By the way, I literally just found out that the name of the show uh, like two days ago is Sex in the City. The whole time I thought it was oh, Sex and the City. The whole time I thought it was Sex and that's the City. That's a Mandela effect in the city. thing. In the city, the whole thing. It, mm-hmm. it is one of the Mandela effects that's highly noted is people remembering it being in. I am just uh, people who is from a different country and everything sounds like <laughs> yeah uh, uh, so and the- just uh, quickly into the yeah. next episode just to get to Carrie's badness through line mm-hmm. uh, this episode definitely deals with the fact that she's like I like bad guys like here's a good guy and I can't like him and I think that kind of bleeds into Aiden and mm-hmm. future man yeah. yeah classic Aiden what a fucking simp huh <laughs> he is we don't like Aiden. Simp. Aiden's fine, but mm-hmm. he doesn't. What is he doing with mm. Carrie? Yeah. That's wild. To it's me. the fact. Get that out of here. Her, yeah. She's too cool for you. Wow. You know. Wow. He's just Hot a take. simp. Hot he's take. afraid to be alone, and he's a simp. All right. Next episode, uh, <laughs> season three, episode twelve. Don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. Carolyn. This is. They really took on the. Uh, uh, 
uh, being out in the military in this episode. They really did. And no, it's <laughs> not the best make, policy. Not yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. What year was it that they messed around with that? Uh, they thought it was a fun pun. Uh, Two thousand. Yeah. Way. <laughs> right. This was before yeah. September 11. Things were just so different. World. So different. Yeah. So, so this yeah, is what an is... amazing episode because it's a wedding episode. Mm-hmm. Charlotte is engaged to Trey McDougal, a wealthy. Uh, Manhattanite, Blue Blood. Played by the exceptional. Played by Kyle McLaughlin, who is, I saw on the subway in New York oh. once, and it was my favorite. He's pretty. S- uh, second favorite celebrity sighting. Oh, wow. Of, uh, what was the New first York. one? Just so. That was Rufus Wainwright, mm. who is a favorite singer songwriter of mine from for like my whole life. Oh, and wow. that was a good one. But Kyle, Kyle was number Kyle two. sounds like I would. Get a have to deal with a little soaking afterwards or some sort because yeah he's, he's quite I would cute. So, I would let Kyle <laughs> soak. Yeah, yeah, I will. I will let him soak it up. Uh, yeah. He's he's pretty cute and he's still like good looking in uh, this like you know because he's probably older dude now but still looks kind of the same Kyle and he looks even more like David Lynchy Kyle at the time of mm. that shoot mm-hmm. you know so still pretty mm-hmm. hot. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, very interesting character he's playing. Right? Well, interesting relationship I guess between him and Charlotte, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, very interesting. And his whole family. And then I love that it's a wedding episode that it just feels so casual to me. Like, they show up, her bridesmaids show up, uh, like, as they all get to the church at the same time. Like, they Mm -hmm. didn't hang out before. They didn't get ready together. Which, Mm -hmm. if you've ever been part of a wedding, it's like the least casual thing in the world. Uh Mm -hmm. They put Um, a lot of money into it. I mean, I assume, Sasha, you have because you're married. I had, uh, I married this year on May 1st in my backyard (gasps) with only one guy from Yelp who pronounces husband and wife. So, as you can tell, I'm a big fan of weddings. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. Such a newlywed still after 12 (laughs) years together. But, uh, yeah, but uh, no, I am actually not a fan of weddings either. Like, not in the sense of, like, oh, a friend's wedding. I'm like, what is this shit? More like, really? Wedding? Okay. Like that. So, mm. but I also still cry at weddings. So what do I know? Um, mm. Yeah, but it is definitely like, okay, no, they put a lot of money into this wedding, right? Like, there's it's a crazy amount of money. Like, there's like a whole church with, like, multi- 300 people. And, yeah. and they do act pretty casual. But they do, like, do the fashion statement where... Um, Carrie is wearing like I guess a more attractive dress than normally a bridesmaids would wear right? Yeah she's hot and Aiden she's like, gotta be hot she's gotta be hot Aiden mentions that like she looks too hot for a bridesmaid and and of yeah. course she's like yeah this is the kind of wedding where like we're allowed to wear like hot stuff and I was like because it's Sex and the City it's the show where yeah. she has to do but if it's, it's gotta be sexy yeah. at all Charlotte's time. wedding really being the worst wedding to be that way at but uh these women are selfish during this whole wedding <laughs> that's kind of they are what happens. yeah carrie this is a great example of carrie being selfish mm-hmm. she breaks up with her boyfriend right before mm-hmm. the wedding on her way to the wedding and i will because she can't wait any i will one up you too because it's like she's not even trying to break up with them necessarily just trying to reveal the truth right <laughs> she's just fucking causing she drama. wants him she wants him to make a decision and i and people do this all the time i don't know if you've ever experienced it like the day the week of the wedding they start their own drama 
uh, of their friend's wedding. Wow. Oh, I've heard I've heard yeah. this wow. happen to a lot of friends and in-laws doing this too. Mm-hmm. It's very wow. common. I have, a, I have a close friend who's a wedding planner and wow. she has crazy stories. People love to do it. I guess like, you know, people aren't very smart with their emotions and are very selfish and damaged in general. And what they do is act out by, oh, it's my friend's day and it's making me feel things. <laughs> Time to fuck up my life and make me the center of attention. <laughs> and that's exactly what Carrie does. And it's so toxic and so oh. her. I really like that we're having this conversation and I'm still like defending it. Like I'm all the way on board for this show. Oh, good. I'm glad you're tracking you know? those emotions because your emotions, because <laughs> as much as I said, sometimes the hosts of this podcast are changed people at the end of episode sometimes it goes the other way around and we have the person who comes on the (gasps) guest say oh my god after talking to you guys and it happened more with steven because steven can also aggressively defend or go get something (laughs) anyway even with me is enough and i don't know what joe is gonna do joe is a i don't know joke i think is peaceful more peaceful man but but it is the thing of like people change their mind i mean have it hasn't happened like joe in our history like on this podcast where the guest at the end says, wow, you changed my mind. I actually don't like this anymore. Uh, I think we've had someone maybe rate the thing uh, lower than us Yeah. at the end, but that's not <laughs> that's quite the same. Surprise. <laughs> but also, yeah, we're here talking about how trash uh, uh, she, Carrie is and all this, but I don't think that reflects poorly on the show. If anything, the opposite, I think that mm-hmm. is what makes the show great. That's a good point. Right. But they do. Right. Uh, and uh-huh. also, if you think this is the most that I've ever talked about sex in the city, you'd be sorely mistaken. <laughs> I have talked about this show to fill a hundred podcasts. Oh. Sometimes I'll call up a friend who also likes the show and just talk about the show hey, for a while. Your relationship with sex in the city is stronger than any of us. Like, we can yeah. change it. Yeah. And I like that. I have a tattoo of the four of them on my of back. Of course, you do. Um,. <laughs> And uh, well, but the breakup scene between Aiden and Carrie or what turns out to be the breakup scene, it's a confession scene to her cheating on him and Aiden Mm -hmm. uh, breaks up with her in a very sweet way. The nicest breakup. He's basically like telling her, it's just me. Like, I can't live with the fact that you fucked somebody else. And I'm like, because he's a simp. He's a weak man and a simp. He still wants to, he wants to be able to break up with her, but not so much that she won't take him back at some point in the future. So he's like, just trying to be so nice about it. He's, he's emotionally manipulative in that way. He asks her to really change a lot of things about herself. But she's fucking different people. I mean, that's, 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 that seems like a reasonable thing to want your partner not do I, I guess if you've talked about that and mm. you're I see you have that agreement of course it's a betrayal of trust yeah see I don't know how you know. deep they were in when the cheating had happened I don't know so all I saw is that it was um extreme close-up uh melodramatic music um, yeah. um way too long scene for what it should have been and i thought no wow. they like the producers or like the director rather really treating this scene as like like a heartbreak like for the audience as well and you're saying yeah. you're saying it's like pick your it's more like a pick how you feel about it for the audience or are we told to feel sad I think that depends on whether or not you like Aiden and Carrie's mm. relationship. I think, of course, you feel sad for Carrie because she is so vulnerable and, like, mm-hmm. knows 
in that moment she knows how flawed she is and like i think we can all really relate to that mm-hmm. oh my god i made this huge mistake like why did i do that mm-hmm. um but also on the other side of things fuck aiden <laughs> wow really strong feelings about aiden i thought he was fine except for that like weird hair he had going for him oh my god yeah. right mm-hmm. it's wild. wild that's the hair is ugh, there's too much product in it so or much. like something he cuts it later and it gets yeah, a little Yeah, he's bad. had different eras for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think for eras. it's like you could like Aiden and not want them to be together or you could hate right. Aiden and not want them to be together. And that's Aiden. what's kind of fun about this show is the different relationships she's in. You, you're you kind of like, you can be on board or against and generally the show will reward you at some point and also that's, punish that's you at other That's pretty points. insightful right. and I think that, that show will reward you at some point um, promise has to do with like what the show really is. It's a soap opera in so many ways, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, there's definitely like other elements, especially aesthetically. Um, but it is of uh, you know just like intertwined like twined relationships, people sleeping with one another. But it's framed more than a soap opera would be to like a theme, you know, which soap opera probably wouldn't do like a theme of an episode. Right. Mm-hmm. That's more. That would be like more plot and twist mm-hmm. driven. And like this doesn't have any, you know, big surprising reveals, except for when. But they are some uh, reveals. Even Samantha sees that big. Yeah, oh, the, wow. the dick reveal. <laughs> the dick reveal, or like the reveal that Kyle is an impotent. Right. There are definitely yes. soap opera-ish like big moments here. You're right. You're right. You're yeah, right. which like, is whoa. just a, a great moment we all kind of see coming, but not necessarily in that way. Uh, We're like, oh, what, what a great time. No. See coming. Didn't yeah. Didn't see him because <laughs> he's impotent. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah, and the and just that's another great example of Charlotte being this like super complicated, like mm-hmm. very fucked up kind of logically character. She's like, she's not going to have sex. Sex is very important to her, mm-hmm. clearly. And then she doesn't uh, have sex. She doesn't, like, test drive the car <laughs> with the person that she mm-hmm. wants to spend the rest of her life with. Guess what? It doesn't work out. No. Yeah, heartbreaking when he's basically, I think he says, sex just doesn't do it for me. Like, Yeah, he's like, ooh, sex isn't that important not for important us. Or yeah. And she's just like, and then she doesn't sleep at all the night before her wedding. I'm like, damn. Girl. You're stupid. Yeah. You're stupid. You're stupid. Uh, and interestingly, <laughs> I think that was the moment where I think it's a good example of Carrie being, I, like, uh, me identifying with Carrie and like generally thinking that like I am the, like, like audience is told to be more Carrie, more Carrie than anybody else is when, of course, is when at the altar, right? I mean, it's just not because just she has the VO and nobody else does. But it's also because of the altar, um, like her friend, Charlotte is really starting having this like, just like outward questions. Like, should I go with it or not? Like, what should I do? Like, she's really starting to freak out. And of course, like any human being in the whole world, um, Carrie told, tells her to keep going because I mean, it's, it would be just a disaster. Mm-hmm. Like as much as we want to think that we can tell our best friend, don't do it. Stop it right now. She kind of says like, well, maybe you should not do it. But then she's kind of like, oh, you know what? It's best if you just go with it because that would be just too crazy. Like, you know, I, right. I took a, I took a, one class that I took with Eugene Cord- Cordero. Shout out. Uh, this improv, you know, teacher is really great. 
there was a one improv scene. It made me think of this improv scene that I saw once in class where a person was racist, like on purpose playing like a bad racist character, like not, uh-huh. you know. And Eugene got mad, not at the person who played the racist character, but he yelled at the other person, sort of the straight man or woman in the scene. And I don't remember these people in, at all. So, But uh, it was a thing of like, he's like, look, if somebody is racist in front of you, Eugene said, you don't go to them. How can say you say these things? You're racist. And I, again, I, I don't know if that's true or not because I don't remember how racist that improv scene got. But he's like, and it's different now than four years ago. And it's different now. There was probably like six years ago. It's a lot different now how we handle racists. Right. But but here's the thing. Like, imagine mild racism. Like, and again, maybe, and Eugene, you know, he's a person of color. So uh, again, maybe he's definitely more allowed to talk about this than than I have any business talking about it. But uh, but he was saying how if somebody's racist in front of you. You just want to get the fuck away from this person. You just want to run. Which, of course, makes good improv. Nothing's better for an improv scene yeah. than just walking so off he's stage. Like, so you, like, he's like you facing and, and the saying to this person, especially if it was like a family, whatever. I don't know what it was. But he's like, that's like less believable. And I, again, I don't know if that's Eugene still thinks that. I just remember it was very memorable because I was shocked like hearing him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder if that's true. And then... I don't know, with Carrie, it was a thing of, like, the best thing she could do for her friend is talk her out of this at this moment, right? Like, don't do this crazy mm-hmm. mistake. But it's, like, it's just too much. It's, like, too much. You just want to run away from the situation. And so she kind of allows her. She allows Charlotte to go with it, right? I mean, Can, I give, you, had, can I give another layer to that of please, how I read please. it? I love good, good layer. Good <laughs> because I, I, do, I do agree with Eugene. I think we all, especially online, we're, like, Oh, if someone said that in front of me, I would do this. And it's like, no, you wouldn't. You would, like, try to triage the situation as much Mm -hmm. as you could. You wouldn't. But um, I think Carrie didn't tell her not to do it because Carrie's trying to make up for her loss and her mistake. If Charlotte can get married and get through this, at least someone can. Like, it's hopeful for her. But if hmm. if she tells Charlotte, no, break up with them, that's two breakups. That's like love has lost. And it, hmm. so she's living through Charlotte in that moment. This is very interesting because huh. I've interpreted it in a third way. Well, it. Give it to in me. In a different way. Give it to me. That is, it's weddings are very expensive. So expensive. <laughs> and like, what is gained? My wedding was like $80. <laughs> that's that's pretty expensive in COVID times. So um. <laughs> yeah, <You're, laughs> yeah. Do you know how many bottles of vodka you can buy with that? Oh, and to make that okay, drink that we never mentioned on this podcast, so I won't talk about it. <gasps> oh, mm. Right, we gotta talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was just what was gained. That's a sunk cost, mm-hmm. basically. The wedding is a sunk cost. So like, what is gained by? It's just so much mm-hmm. drama. It would be so much. Uh, and you can always get a divorce. Yeah, and I think that's, I would probably try to reasonably tell my friend, hey, if you really don't want to do it, go through the <laughs> wedding. Then when you go to sign the marriage document after the wedding, oh, don't sign it. Like, oh, yeah, but right. let's like not fuck up all this. There's, let's have people eat the buffet. And also, right. I'm going to add another, maybe final layer, or who knows, <laughs> right? There's also a thing like, do you really... <laughs> Like, even though she says to you, right, your friend says, like, look, he's an impotent. I don't know if I did the right thing. And maybe you, like, agreed, like, maybe in the first place he thought this is not the right guy for her. 
But do you really believe her in this state? Like, because she's in, like, just crazy state anyway. She's about to get Exactly. So, I think, and Carrie thinking, like, oh, Charlotte was very drunk when I left mm-hmm. her. She was very drunk last night. And pre-wedding jitters. Yeah. And, like, the first time. There's so many layers mm-hmm. of how so layers. someone could not get a boner. Wow. Enough to even... Uh, soak someone, I'm, much less oh, forget thrust. it. And I, I actually think they are a little too, too like intense on like judging Kyle, which he turns out to be an impotence problem. But right. like they are like too quick to almost judge him, like he's a complete impotent, like placing like this, like he's an impotent, like as opposed to, yeah, we don't know, maybe the dude had some bad medication or whatever, you know, oh. or yeah, there's therapy. It's probably some situation he needs to go talk to someone about. So, yeah, I do also think it's fixable, their situation, <laughs> and not worth calling off the wedding necessarily. But I do mm-hmm. stand by, I think, a lot of Carrie's interpretation was more mm-hmm. this, like, low-level need to keep love alive when she had just lost love. Mm-hmm. That's really That's interesting. interesting. Because it is about friendship more than anything, isn't it, in this show? Sex and right. friendship. Right. Um, is there anything else we need to mention about this episode? Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. I mean, no, it's just, it's a great one. It's Oh, it also, this also has Miranda uh, pretending to be a stewardess that, instead oh, of yeah, a partner at a law firm. Correct. Yeah, that's a whole fun um, bit. That was a fun with, bit. With a, the agent from mm-hmm. S.H.I.E.L.D., no less. <laughs> oh, wow. Shout out. Um, I actually, you know, I mean, we're all writers here. I, I I saw the reveal that he's not an ER doctor coming from. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Right, they but, really uh, said that. But one. uh, but it is um, it was still fun how they did it. I thought I thought it was a sweet little uh, like a sea story or runner. Um, yeah, it, it's fun nonetheless. Luckily, because it is. It's really Miranda compromising her own identity for a man. Like it's peak show, peak <laughs> sexless. Is that very Mir- Miranda thing to do, or not necessarily? <laughs> Kind of. That's another inconsistency. Ah. I'm not doing a very good job of defending this show, but I fucking love it. Hey, I can't. Well, are we really saying, saying it's it to a yourself. perfect show? Yeah. Or are we saying it's highly enjoyable fun. entertainment? Yeah. A perfect show? No, not a perfect show. But in a way, it's the perfect show for me. There you go. Much like Carrie and Big are flawed and fit together perfectly. Yeah. But, and That's how I feel about this maybe show. Coming, I'll come back to this at the end when we talk about the show, so I'm just going to yeah. write it down. So Man- we're just going <laughs> to... Mandalorian. Remind me, Mandalorian. Mandalorian. That is the perfect show. I haven't seen last night's episode. Oh, yeah, I won't give any spoils. So not too many spoilers okay. from I do want to tie that in. Because it's uh, not later. from W, you know, George W. Bush era, like this show. <laughs> but uh, we will um, talk about one more episode, uh, my least favorite episode of the three that I watched. And uh, <laughs> and then we'll uh, and then we'll uh, share more feelings about this, and then we give the, this a rating. So let's just um, move to that. Uh, so the next in the final episode of this um, curation curation I don't know if that's a word, um, but it is episode nine of season four called yeah. "Sex and the Country." Yeah, Carolyn, tell us about it. Sex and the Country is Carrie's still with Aiden. They've gotten back together after the cheating debacle. (laughs) Aiden has short hair now. Clearly, he's grown emotionally. (laughs) She's also grown emotionally. Interestingly enough, uh, Big is going through some emotional turmoil of his own. Carrie goes up for the weekend 
much uh, at her, despite her best efforts not to, she goes up to Aiden's country house for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Big is emotionally distraught. He goes, finds her at the country house, comes to the country house, interrupting their beautiful couple's weekend. And then it's just, you know, hilarity ensues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really showcasing, I mean... Wait, she's, does she, she come to the country home in this episode? I don't think so. I think it's just a lot of sex. I think it's the next episode the he does, Bells of the Balls. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. It's the next. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next episode. This, this one is kind well, of the... Uh, the the classic Sex in the City type of episode set up for some feature mm. drama. Right, yeah, but, yeah. It, so this is very much like Carrie um, and showing a- Carrie and Aiden's incompatibility. Wow. Yeah, and it's because... such like her, the test to her character, right? Like putting her in the country, It the title writes itself, right? Sex in the country, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, of course, this is like, this could be the show. Right, taking mm-hmm. a and city she's girl trying, and she's. I don't want to say trying because people love Sarah Jessica Parker, but she she's trying to be as Lucille Ball as possibly can be, like in this episode, which she is like. totally. She's totally Lucille Ball, just falling over in that dirt, rolling in that pigsty, and just like those high inch hills, like they're just getting in the way, and she doesn't know what a bird or a squirrel looks like, and it's just this whole like, you know, something would probably was very <laughs> enjoyable back in the fifties when people saw it for yeah. the first time done. But it's there's been like 20 Hallmark movies like this already. <laughs> but maybe it is. Yeah, it's all time spent to highlight how different they are from each other. One from one another, Aiden and Carrie. This episode also includes a another very famous character from the show. Wow. Steve. Steve. Yes. Who ends up being kind of the best guy mm. on the show. Yeah. Um, with Tell Miranda. Us about Steve. Is that that's the cancer Steve guy? Steve is a bartender. Yes, he has. This is the episode when it's revealed that he has testicular cancer. Mm-hmm. They, they do talk about cancer. Two characters get cancer on the show. Samantha mm-hmm. later gets cancer. Yeah, I saw that in the uh, in the. No one dies from cancer. Though. And also, hey, testicular cancer is more fun than just the regular cancer, right? Like, right. right. They do very, like, easy types of cancer. I think Samantha has breast cancer mm-hmm. because breasts oh, are for so ladies. Funny. And Steve has oh, testicular yeah. cancer because testicles are for doodles. Surprise, <laughs> nobody can uh, c- And that's not also, uh, that's not true. Anyone can have any genitals. I just exactly. But, yeah, we are talking say doodles. within the... Uh, the- the show's reality, at least. Yeah. The extreme gender binaries of exactly. Sex in the City. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that character was interesting to me. It's the first time I, you know, saw him. And uh, I was like, this dude is weird. But uh, maybe that's a good thing. Because he was different from all mm-hmm. the other dudes on the show. Mm-hmm. And he's sort of like the like a poor guy, like a not rich, right? Like a... Like a yeah, he's more of a blue collar. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a bartender, mm-hmm. and then he he dreams of opening his own bar, which he eventually does with Aiden, mm-hmm. actually. But it's interesting him and Miranda because Miranda's such a stone cold mm-hmm. bitch, uh, which I love about her, and also I think shows this is neither here nor there, but is topless more than any of the other characters. Oh wow! Which I always, so there was a very sexual was uh, Samantha shot in this episode oh yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. It was like, wow, like we're in like a Dexter zone. I'm just trying to find a show that was like sort of in that same era. Like it was like very just like almost pornographic. Yeah. Shot. HBO. They know how to That's do true. it. That's true. Yeah, I, That's true. We need to see more dick though. Yeah, other than the one big cock from uh, Mr. Deep Voice. <laughs> which yeah, I'm surprised you didn't pick that episode. But uh That sounds fascinating. Sasha would have loved it. Is they have they have the cock picture? Uh, is there a dick believe, reveal? Do you see I, that? I actually forget if you see it or not. I have this memory that you I don't think you, you see any. It. I don't think they go that far. I, I can I tell. I think you see titties and butts, but you don't see any. Yeah, maybe Even it's just, just one of those around? memories where you you put it in your head. A Mandela because, yeah, it is a Mandela <laughs> of dick. Yeah. Was there dick in that episode or not? Totally. In your totally. mind, there was one. Um, uh, well, yeah, so here we go. I mean, uh, to me, this episode was just more like a lot of the country stuff I didn't care for. Uh, like her, like, inability city girl to function in, like, a farmhouse. Um, and I guess because it it didn't mean emotionally to me, the whole Aiden journey, I didn't, like, relate to that as much as, uh, Mm. I assume a fan would. So I probably... I should have told you to watch all, every episode Uh, of the season. There you go. That would fix it. I I feel like this is just a classic episode in that, like, Charlotte's doing her Charlotte thing of, like, doing this, like, her version of sex with, uh, with what's-his-name. You have Samantha fiending after a farm boy. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. everybody's kind of doing their thing in mm-hmm. a very. I like the their, their thing way. aspect too. I agree. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but their friendship is still there. I can feel it. And it's, I just really, it's also very funny to me because, uh, I do quite enjoy the outdoors and just the idea of someone being so not into mm-hmm. nature mm-hmm. or like animals or the out doors is so funny to me because that's i don't know that's just a wild uh a wild idea mm-hmm. yeah or like personally. that what's even more wild to me is the idea of a relationship that's been going on for so long where one partner isn't capable of being like hey i don't like the outdoors <laughs> you can't fucking <laughs> right. communicate that's like a huge... <laughs> how long have right. you known each other Right. That's a huge... Well, I think she does try to communicate that, and Aiden doesn't... Aiden really wants her to be who he wants her to be. He doesn't see her for Mm -hmm. who she is. She also doesn't see that he doesn't see that, so they're both wrong. Too narcissistic to believe that. Right. Yeah, totally. And when she gets out of the countryside before she has to go back, um, she's wearing the most ridiculous outfit. There's, like, a little (laughs) skirt that has, like... Like a pillow attached on its ass to it. Do you see that? She's walking down the street. I mean, her fashion is she's. I think she always. Why looks is there great. a pillow on her ass? It <laughs> is intense. She needs to sit down. It's intense, and it is really very like that nineteen ninety nine to two thousand one era of just kind of intense fashion. A lot of greens, a lot of like so yeah. greens and stuff. And yeah. and I'm here to tell you that like, n- not like, <laughs> art imitates life in any way, uh, but it's like if you walk down New York at that time with that pillow up your up your ass, you'll get harassed in New York at that. Like I don't know about now, but at the time you'll get harassed <laughs> in every corner by every man, because it's just not I what mean, people do. I feel like the New York has the worst 
catcalling of anywhere I've been in the whole world. Absolutely. Like, I've been to places where it's not really appropriate for women. It's not done for women to go out on their own. And New York. That's Northern California, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's in California. I can't really. I'm not allowed to (laughs) go out on my own. Um. But New York is terrible, terrible catcalling. Crazy. It's like, it's like and that's also yeah. something that they don't address enough in the show. Like, it is it is kind of New York. Mm-hmm. I also lived in Brooklyn. I lived in Brooklyn. Uh, I went to Brooklyn it, College. I went, you know, yeah. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. I lived in Bushwick. Uh, Familiar with that? Before it was a hipster place, even. Yeah. I actually moved from Williamsburg because I... When I moved there, that was the hit place, and then it got too expensive, and then I moved oh, yeah. to Bushwick. And I lived so. in Greenpoint. I'm like I a real, real, real gentrifier. Mm-hmm. I did it. You did, did it. it. You did it all. I really helped gentrify those neighborhoods. Well, yeah. You're welcome, <laughs> New York. You're welcome, everybody. So is there anything else we need to talk about, like this episode or just general strokes of the show before we get to ratings? Because what usually happens, Carolyn, is that we, each of us, and we'll see how, uh, you'll see how we do that, we create this like little scale where we rate the show against a similar show or whatever each of us wants to do with this. Mm-hmm. And then um, this kind of comes with defending that point of view. So if you have general statements about the show, it might be good to save it for the actual scale and okay. rating. If there's anything else I that's like missing information wise or something we haven't mentioned about the episodes or characters, maybe this is a good time to do it. I think on a, in a very real, joking aside, this show uh, was revolutionary in the way that it showed unbreakable friendships between women, which other shows kind of did before mm. that, but it was never the heart of the show. Mm-hmm. Like this show was. Well, why? It's Sex in the well, City, but it's more like Lucille the Ball friends. and Ethel, Golden Girls, and sure, mm-hmm. yeah, those are the ones. But like, uh, that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. Not I can't a lot. think of too many mm-hmm. other examples. Yeah, while also uh, exploring like such intense, uh, I guess, traits of different women, like that hypersexualized woman is totally cool with this more boss bitch woman who's mm-hmm. totally cool with this. A right. very fashion girly girl woman, true, and true. that not being a bad thing. They're just all the love is there. Mm-hmm. Four cartoonish friends all get along. Great, right? mm-hmm. that's the premise of the yeah. Show. So cartoonish, in, in, indeed. That like there is such a such a big part of culture is like to ask you know are you a Miranda or are you Samantha or like any of that mm-hmm. you know which is you know I still don't know what I am and never will. Do you know the movie um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Classic. Do you know when he's at the tiki bar and he's drinking all the tiki drinks and he goes, I'm Samantha, <laughs> and he holds up the banana? Yeah. I think about that all the time. Oh, <laughs> some to think about all the time. All right, you guys, let's do the ratings. So, uh, again, just uh, quick say, yeah. Uh, oh, um, one thing, actually. Yeah. Might as it. well, because I don't want to put <laughs> it into my ratings. No. Just about these... Um, you were talking earlier, Carolyn, about like how the guys see, lo- love these women. Aiden loves it, mm-hmm. but they don't really deserve any of that adoration. Like, like they're not yeah. right for each other. And it just reminds me so much of the daughter in Shit's Creek. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Shit's mm-hmm. Creek, because mm-hmm. there's so many guys mm-hmm. who just like love her. There are like two two guys. One of them's a really good guy. One of them's actually a good guy too, but just different. 
but they <laughs> they love her. But she is just trash. She never gives mm-hmm. them really anything uh, that they need. Which isn't that a more realistic portrayal of actual relationships than a lot of like just mutually uh, respectful relationships it, that we see on TV? You know, it, it could be. It, it might be. If you look at 10 <laughs> relationships in the public, you might see that. But I think it's... I can look at my t- 10 relationships <laughs> mm-hmm. and I've had exactly 10. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Lucky. Um, and they've all been shitholes except mm-hmm. for the current one. So mm-hmm. statistically... Well, you, you wouldn't say otherwise if it wasn't, so... We don't, we don't right. Know. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good. Yeah, and it is. Oh, unless you want to make like a big statement on this podcast. Yeah, if you want to break. Oh up. yeah, I'm breaking <laughs> up, babe. It's been a great five years, but it's fucking over. Right, I think that's probably um, true. I need you to get rid of your stuff. It's probably true. Most relationships probably do fit that format, but it's interesting mm-hmm. to see this sh- this show, Sex and City, really not in on that joke. While Shit's Creek, being a hard comedy anyway, is very much in on that joke, but they're playing exactly the same thing <laughs> right all right guys it's time it's time it's time it's time. Ro- drum roll okay so yeah we create an uh for the ratings each of us creates and we have the guests go last so that they kind of <clears> so <throat> it's a, you know it's a we'll build up to you just, that's the reason okay great um no pressure we don't really matter here joe and i we're just we're just playing around um, so mm-hmm. each of us creates a scale where we take another show that's in some ways to you know to you doesn't have not everybody has to agree to that is similar to the show in this case we discuss and um, doesn't have to be high on the scale it could go lower on the scale but it's it just some kind of comparison to something else so I, I can uh-huh. go first just to get it going mm-hmm. um, I was considering different shows what I could put again because I I barely watched the bold type they're so similar haven't watched Emily in Paris and um, I you know barely watched Friends I think I only saw the pilot Seinfeld and Curb to me are completely not the same as Sex and the City I can go on the rant about that (laughs) but what I did take and I ended up taking is Golden Girls because we mentioned I was like oh my god Mm -hmm. love Golden Girls Mm -hmm. haven't seen that many Golden Girls but like I don't know a handful like maybe 10 I don't know but like loved it always loved it and it's sort of like one of my maybe marathons to go on at some point for sure um and if golden girls is a nine on the 10 scale mm-hmm. sex in the city well and it's similar in a way right that it's also women friendship and yeah. different maybe in every other way but similar mm-hmm. in that sense um i think sex in the city is probably a very generous extremely generous four maybe three but i'll go with four wow yeah I'll go with Brutal. four for Kyle. Kyle like adds like one point. Like if this dude decided to be in the show, I'll give it extra point. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd be a three. Um, again, I, I hate being a dick, you know, but uh, but it is a thing of like it's very hard to turn me onto the fluffy pink, um, like uh, Clinton era uh, abundance, um, you know, and uh, sexual totally. encounters. But but again. I, I, you know, I also, and I would, like, I can't wait to hear what, she, what your reasoning is, Carolyn. But to me, it's interesting because I don't know much about gaming either. And, like, to me, you being, having this duality of, on one hand, I can be a gamer, which is originally considered to be very, like, boy kind of thing, like young men would do, and but not anymore, I know. But, like, it is a thing that's 
not a very stereotypically yeah. associated with Jews. Yes, yes. And sure. Sure. but also, sure. but also, sure. yeah, but but also having this, uh, you know, other half that you're very connected to, and being like, I watched Second City fucking eight times. So I applaud <laughs> that, and I cannot wait to hear more about it. But for me, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm too set in my ways to change uh, my mind. But I do. I am grateful for having watched the show because I know it's such a big part of the zeitgeist and I was not familiar until then. Now if somebody says they're Miranda or Samantha, I would know what the fuck they're talking about, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So You can now participate, I can participate in, in the discourse. In the discourse. Jo- uh, Joe, what about you? <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I do love this show. I think time hasn't necessarily been friendly to the show and that's what's really made uh, – People Some now uh, attack oh. it and think it's goofy and, and mm-hmm. bad. Oh, it's deep. There are some deeply, deeply problematic episodes. Yeah. And For that's, sure. that's the case. And I think also prestige television hasn't been kind to former HBO mm-hmm. shows. Mm-hmm. You know, because we have. But I have a big problem with how people categorize TV. Because I think there's a lot of snobbery mm. that goes on that stops people from saying Sex and the City is a good show. And I'm not accusing you of this, Sasha. Oh, no, you can accuse me all you want. Um, but is, if I would love to be able to. I would love to be able to. But I think you do come from a different place with it. But, mm-hmm. like, I wanted to bring up The Mandalorian because I think that's a great show. But is it weaving together this, like... Uh, big story and all these like characters with a lot of depth no it's not like if if you were to compare it to the leftovers or some like huge prestige television like that it fails that's a great comparison the leftovers <laughs> and sex well and that is what people i think do it's like well you can't say that uh this sitcom is a great show because great shows are game of thrones the leftovers these shows with big scopes they didn't even attempt to have the big scope well, that's not how things work. It's great on its own merit for what it's trying to be. A multicam can be a great show if it's right, great high culture in the constraints versus of those. low culture. Yeah, and yeah, that and doesn't have to be, you know, and I hope we're not comparing it to Game of Thrones, you know, for sure, Sex and the City. But I think there are a lot of TV And left. I think also there's, there's just a general uh, prestige surrounding drama versus mm-hmm. comedy. Yeah, a comedy can't be great. It's a it's an industry bias. Yeah, yeah there's so many of that, and I think that affects a lot of people when they look into a show like That's this, or even freaking anything. Emily and Paris, it's great, and you're like, oh, really? It's just about some girl in Paris, and you're like, well, yeah, shows can be that. A show can mm-hmm. just be silly. A show can <laughs> just be nasty. A show can just be all these things. So I think this is a great show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say my comparison is on a one to ten scale. We're talking about girlfriend's guide to divorce, mm. and let's say that's oh, a four. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a nine. Sex in the City Ooh. is a nine. I love it. I think the new versions Holy of what the show shit. is have mostly failed in trying to be mm-hmm. what the show oh. is. Oh, have you seen the bold type? Has anybody here in this house where we're all sitting in different rooms, except <laughs> for me, seen the bold type? No. No. Well, then I advise you to watch it and then come listen to the episode on this, po- this podcast dedicated to that show. Okay, I absolutely will. I absolutely will. Oh, I love will. that, Joe. You love the show. It's, it's, it's awesome. I'm, I'm very happy that I wasn't the... Uh, 
you know, I was the only dick here in the room. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Carolyn? Okay. I am also going to compare this show to another HBO show mm. about four women mm. who are friends. What? And that show is Girls. Oh, oh well. Should have done that. And I give that show a one. Oh, yeah, I'm with you, girl. Oh. It's one of my Ooh, least favorite I'm shows. I'm getting, of all getting, time. getting, getting like a nice, like a nice wave, <laughs> wave of release. Like yeah, physically. and I like that you chose that because I think they are, they would be categorized together in mm-hmm. many circles. I'm sure HBO execs were pitching it, just yeah, soaking yeah, yeah. themselves mm-hmm. when they, my new favorite soaking. term, uh, <laughs> when <laughs> girls got pitched and bought, and they were like, "This is going to be our next Sex and the City." For the young generation, yeah, exactly, exactly. And so I give. Girls a one with you, girl, and I'm gonna give Sex and City a ten what? because it's Take one it of my favorite shows. Very, yeah. Great. I hope the execs are listening. They always, they usually. I also do. really like your yeah. The HBO's execs <laughs> are listening. Right? Yeah, all over this. Um, I really like your rating system because I think so many people do half points, and that's like just pick a lane. Mm-hmm. You have ten. It's a ten wide enough. enough, enough. Just, We're not doing like a four it, star yeah. here. I I agree. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love Thank it. Thank you. Well, this is great. Wow, what a journey. This is amazing. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you, Caroline, for coming on this podcast, talking about this. I mean, show that what, what I think is important also we have to give this show credit is that it's not going anywhere. I don't think it will go anywhere like all these forgettable shows. It would stay in the zeitgeist. Right. Would, new generations of people, I believe, will still go back and watch the show. I really believe that. Right. I believe that it's mm-hmm. here to stay. Um, time... It, you know whether people agree or not it's like it's like you know lucille ball again like you go back i love lucy how often you watch it maybe not but there's clips on youtube and people go back and there's still amazing routines that people you know respond to wholeheartedly yeah it's a piece of our american history it's a piece of tv history for sure great well thank you for sharing it with us oh thank you so much for having me this has been delightful yeah it was great being able to watch this again and uh now my girlfriend's binging it downstairs because she is <laughs> that's amazing yeah. love it hell yeah uh, turning on people onto sex in the city carolyn where can our <laughs> listeners find you you can find me at jacuzzi tubs uh tubs with two b's on twitter and instagram and also i stream on twitch on monday nights i play all kinds of video games um, i'll add the, descri- <clears throat> the description and then of the podcast on, so people can yeah thank you and on Thursdays, I uh, actually, maybe we'll do a Sex in the City episode sometime. <laughs> I stream on a, a D&D show called TV&D, mm. where we take iconic TV oh. shows and turn them into Dungeons and Dragons oh, games. Right. So Hilarious. we've done, we just did King of the Hill, and now we're doing our Sopranos <laughs> uh, mini arc, which is very fun. Uh, That's awesome. amazing. To see the Sopranos tromping around a fantasy world. That's awesome. Good that time. sounds so fun. Uh, Joe, what about you? Um, you can check me out at patreon.com slash Joe Cabello. Uh, if you want, there's some horror graphic novel is up there. 12 pages of that for a buck. You can get that. And also just launched a exclusive uh, podcast for that as well. Nice. And you can find us at Shut Up I Love It One on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, I believe. Please send us any DMs. Uh, you know, slide into our DMs all you want. That's, Soak that's what we're into here our for. DMs. Soak into our Soak DMs. Soak into the DMs. Thank you, Joe, for hosting with me. Thank you, Elizabeth Salute, for artwork. Thank you, Brian Walker, for this amazing track. And thank you for listening. Shut up. <laughs>